Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, a Monday, July 5th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Hope everybody had a good, safe, and very enjoyable 4th of July and 4th of July weekend. I know I did. Uh, But Scouts Week continues. Not really Scouts Week, but we're interspersing some conversations I was able to have with Flyers Scouts as we get closer and closer to the NHL draft, which is not that far off at this point. Expansion draft just around the corner. So here are the NHL critical dates for those who have been asking uh, on Twitter. July 17th will be the day that NHL teams need to submit their unprotected list or their protection list for the NHL expansion draft, which will take place just a few days later on July 21st. That'll be the NHL expansion draft where Seattle will take a player from each team. Then July 23rd and 24th will be the NHL draft, the entry draft. And then July 28th, free agency will open at 12 p.m. Eastern. So those are the critical dates. They're just around the corner, now weeks away. So we've been having some conversations with Flyers amateur scouts from around the globe. Talked to Joachim Grumberg the other day uh, from Sweden, covers uh, the Flyers for the European area, and talked about the challenges of traveling in different countries and you know, not being able to, to get eyes on in some areas. We will also be talking to several other Flyer scouts, including Mark Gregg, who, son Ridley, was drafted in the first round last year by Ottawa. But in this episode, we're going to talk with Flyers amateur scout Rick Pracy. Uh, joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, we did this last year, and this is very unprecedented to talk to uh, Flyers scouts and uh, NHL scouts. I, I've often called the scouts uh, in pro sports kind of like CIA operatives. You always hear about them. Oh, the scout loves this guy. Oh, the scouts don't like that guy. The scouts are worried about this guy. But you never hear from the scouts. So let's go to the CIA, CIA operatives and Flyers amateur scout Rick Pracy. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I bet you didn't think that you'd be referred to as uh, as uh, you know an underground um, CIA operative in this uh, conversation. No, no, but I don't disagree with uh, some of the job description, uh, you know, or along those lines at times. Does it get frustrating sometimes when you hear those things? Like, oh, the scouts don't like that guy, or the scouts—they're uh, not really—they don't think this kid's going to be good. He doesn't go, you know translate to the next level but you got you guys don't ever it's rare that you guys get to have your voice heard well i don't find it bothersome i think it's just part of the, the process or part of you know everybody having an opinion and it's such a subjective uh, environment that we're in that it's just part of the process and you know we're gonna we'll be favorable to some kids and maybe not so to others but Probably, you know, having our opinions uh, understated is the best part of the organization. Uh, you're a former goaltender, and as, as you know, um, the, the goaltending position is one of the difficult ones to kind of portend what uh, somebody's going to develop into. It takes longer sometimes, and it's it's a difficult position. Uh, do, do you find that because you played the position, you can come at that from a, a slightly different kind of headspace and and you know kind of knowing what that goaltender feels like i mean you played you played in the ahl you made it you played a game in the ahl you played some pretty pretty major uh hockey in in your time growing up the positions change but do you feel like that gives you a little bit of a leg up in some ways well i don't know if it's much of a leg up. maybe from an understanding perspective or when you're talking to the the goaltenders on interviews or understanding their process i think maybe there's some advantage that way uh maybe from a mindset standpoint but 
in terms of development, not really. It's uh, they show me different paths, and many times it's opportunity and who your partners are, are and the strength of the team. And so I think that uh, the development paths are, are difficult to figure out, but even an understanding of the, the prospect and stuff on a personal level or what they're going through, uh, maybe a slight edge there, or I feel comfortable in that aspect. Um, you know, this, it's interesting because the position is so mental. Are you kind of stunned where the development of, of the position of goaltending has gone? I mean, it is the technical elements of it now. When you play, you, you and I are roughly the same age. Uh, when we grew up playing, we didn't have post integration. We didn't have, you know, all these different head shoulder. We did head shoulder turns, and, and we, probably in your playing days and, and, and in mine, it's when the butterfly was kind of, you know, developed by Ben Wilder along with. Uh, obviously, Patrick Waugh and popularized, but are you surprised at how the position has changed and kind of been broken down to a science? Uh, I'm really surprised. Maybe not so much uh, from like the evolution of the coaching and those type of things, but I even find myself, uh, you know, reaching out in the off season to uh, you know goalie guys that I know for other teams or. I'm talking to Brady uh, with our staff, and I almost have to educate myself. Like I find I'm still, I don't want to say old school. I have some uh, ideas in terms of, you know, goaltender responsibility of, you know, holding blue ice and you know protecting passing lanes, much like defensemen and penalty killers are expected to do. I have some different thoughts uh, on what my expectations of the goalie are and. I find that uh, I don't want to get caught uh, behind on that. So I have to educate myself and, you know, the early positioning and the technique uh, is taken uh, over a big part of how goaltenders approach the play. So I've had to do uh, a lot of catching up, uh, I think, on my end just to make sure I'm understanding how they're playing. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of numbers behind it too, you know, taking away the bottom third and those kind of things. Let me ask you about going into this draft in, in this very unique situation. Last year's draft, that felt – it still feels like that was an eternity away, uh, but uh, it was basically in the fall. But you're going into this draft now, and there are still leagues that didn't get on the ice, like the OHL. And you're relying a little bit more on video here um, and conversations, oftentimes not face-to-face, which is, you know, you get a feel for a person when you're sitting across from them. When you're on the screen like you and I are now, there's a different vibe. And sometimes you can't get the, the true kind of feel of what, of what that kid's about. How's the challenges kind of presented itself as you guys get closer and closer to this year's draft? Well, it's it's been a challenge without question. Um, in terms of, of the, you know, not the face to face, I certainly miss it. Uh, but there has been some slight advantages. Uh, the access to the number of players you can get to. Uh, like I've always uh, sort of done the interviews in restaurant settings or. Uh, meeting players for coffee, that type of thing. And, you know, you'd, you'd go up to Toronto for a day or you'd go into Ann Arbor for a day or you'd fly around the world. Uh, you know, when I was involved lottery picks with Colorado, we would do home visits, uh, those type of things. So I miss I miss that. But the access to so many kids uh, at the click of a button and on their time, on your time, you can make anything fit. So a small benefit that way. Uh I did have to get comfortable in their world. Uh, there were some different experiences. 
you know, just I've had kids yawn, I've had kids eat food, I've had kids, uh, you know, bite their nails. Uh, you know, there's been tons of different uh, situations that you kind of, you know, maybe scratch it, but they're comfortable, which is, I think there's a benefit. Uh, there's something you got to be careful with there too, but they're really comfortable. You're almost entering their world. Um, and then you still get uh, lots of benefits of, you know, your, maybe you don't get the, the body language or the mannerisms down or not necessarily seeing the sweat, uh, but watch them problem solve. You don't have that right across from the table feel, but you can still manage it and you can still challenge them if they need it or if the conversation, you know, trends in that direction. So it's, 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 I do see some benefits to it. And I think, like, I'll never replace that side of it, uh, you know, the face-to-face -face meetings. Uh, but I won't be – the other thing would be multiple times. I've talked with, with kids multiple times throughout the process, where I suppose, uh, you know, if you're, you're driving four or five hours to, to meet a kid for lunch, uh, you know, then it might be the next time's at the draft. Whereas, you know, I can talk to a kid multiple times, uh, you know, once a week, once a month, those type of things if necessary. It's interesting because one thing coming out of this, when, when you can go back to doing that, you still now you also have this extra tool of being able to do it like we're having this conversation through Zoom, you know, and, and doing, you know, web conversations if you just want to clarify something or say, hey, I just want to check in on you in the season or whatever it might be. So you have that ability going forward as well. It's one maybe good thing uh, that's going to come out of this pandemic, which has been incredibly difficult on so many people. Um, when you look at the the players coming into this draft and, and this unique board, it, do you feel like there's more a, a lot of certainty um, in kind of slotting at least through you know the first round or midway through the first round and then beyond that? What does it feel like to you? Um, well, more interested story in the uh, like behavioral economics of almost the industry itself. Like, will we become you know, more risk-seeking, will decisions be made? Because the information is complete, I think that uh, you always have a diversity in your, your scouting staff and you have, you know, a balance of, you know, how aggressive uh, people are, where the projections are. So I don't think there's, uh, you know, maybe there's some consensus in the top group of the draft, uh, not necessarily the order, but there'd be a consensus and say maybe a top 10 type of thing. But after that, I think it's, uh, I think it's wide open and I'm not so sure. I would say it, there is any clarity would be my guess. Yeah. I mean, every team's in the same boat and you know what they yeah. value and, and what they've been able to accomplish in this unique circumstances is, is nobody knows it's, it's, it's wild. Um, when you look at, you know, where the flyers are slated to pick, they were 14th pick, but they're going to pick 13th because of, uh, you know, the Arizona Coyotes having to forfeit their pick. When you look at that spot in the draft and you look at, you know, the past players that have been taken there, you can get you can get a good hockey player at 13, real good hockey players, a lot of them that come 13. You can get them in the second round. But with that said, it, it, is this a unique spot when you look at it? Because you can jump up a couple of picks, you can move back a couple of picks and still accomplish what you want to accomplish. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's, you know, that – sort of uh, 11 to 19 in the past has been a real sort of dangerous area for, for Sweet teams spot in a way, uh, right? historically. Yeah. Well, it, it can be, it can be very, very dangerous at times. Uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, the, the closer you are to 10, the, the closer you are to getting a player that you had rated in the top 10. So there's that benefit. Um, and there is that benefit if, you know, a player is sliding uh, in terms of sort of in industry impressions. Uh, people can get, can get aggressive trying to acquire your pick. Uh, or like you said, you're at 13, you're in striking distance. If, you know, the fourth player on your list started to get to eight or or nine type of thing, you, you'd have, uh, you know, probably uh, you're within striking distance with add-ons to, to get there. And then, of course, uh, if, the, if the group does balloon up into multiple options, moving back scenario is always uh, an option as well. But that, that, uh, that 11 to 19 can be real tricky, real tricky. Yeah, you, you see teams that you know move back and then they're regretting it because something that they passed on turns out to be great, spectacular. Um, how do you evaluate kind of the first round of this draft? Where's the strength? Is it is it the forward group? Is it the D group? I know there's some goaltenders that are going to be you know in that first round possibly. Goalies seem to be moving up in the draft once again, which is great to see. By the way, most important position not only in in the game but in sport, in my opinion. Um, but where where's the strength? I think it's pretty well-rounded in the top group. Uh, so in the top draft, you're going to have multiple options. Let's say in the top 15, you'll have uh, your choice. Uh, and then I would say it's probably more forward-ended. More forward-ended in this draft. You agree with the statement that the goaltending position is the most important position in all sport? Well, you're challenging me on that. Uh, you played the position. You, got a, you have a union uh, card. you yeah. got to say yes. <laughs> I certainly uh, see the value in every team, every coach, uh, every manager, every organization is better with with goaltending. That's for sure. We're all okay. better. All the scouts are better. Everybody. Yeah, just look at the Cup final. It's a it's a case in point, isn't it? With Carey Price and, and Vasilevsky, are two, two spectacular goaltenders. Rick, uh, good luck with the draft. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, uh, I, I'm so glad to talk to you. I, I love talking to scouts, and I love talking to a scout who was a goalie. So best of luck um, with the draft and, and moving forward. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on Flyers Daily. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me, and uh, I appreciate the time. Thanks. Thanks to Rick Pracy for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Every, every time you talk to the scouts, it's a different and unique conversation because they come from different backgrounds of hockey. And Rick's really interesting because he was a goalie. And, you know, I love to talk about about and with goaltenders. So uh, fascinating discussion with him. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Coming up on Wednesday's episode, we haven't done it in a while. And the cup may be handed out by the time Wednesday's episode is in your queue. Uh, but we're going to do a Bafo Massive Ask Billy episode. We're going to bring Bill Meltzer in. Uh, we're going to submit uh, for questions on social media. And we're going to answer and address a ton of them. And there's a lot of questions to get to. Things are fluid right now. Uh, nothing has happened. We've only really seen one trade. That was the, the Arvidsson deal with the Nashville and the LA Kings. Uh, a lot of stuff is going to happen, at least in my estimation. And we'll get to uh, ask a lot of questions of Bill Meltzer and I coming up in Wednesday's episode. But thanks for listening to this one. I appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review if you can by any chance. Uh, a nice five-star rating would be key. And in the meantime, we'll talk to you on Wednesday's episode of Flyers Daily. Have a great day.